Well, welcome to Nicola Wilson, who is National Finance Spokesperson. Uh, Nicola, what did you think of the inflation numbers today? Well, I found it uh, pretty alarming, really, because what we're seeing is persistently high inflation. That rate uh, of 7.2 is is showing that we've still got a problem in New Zealand with prices continuing to rise fast. And that's despite petrol prices being a lot lower than people were predicting. And that's despite inflation coming off in some other markets around the world, particularly the US, which of course has dipped under 7% now. So what it tells me is we do have a home-growing problem. Yes, part of New Zealand's inflation has been internationally driven, but increasingly inflation's got its claws into our domestic economy, and that's concerning. So looking through the numbers, uh, we can see that the non-tradable uh, inflation figures have been coming off the boil in the last two or three quarters. Oh, you've just frozen on me. I do. It's pretty much found uh, out. Uh, if you look at um, other prices, uh, particularly petrol and the likes, it's coming off the boil. Uh, I mean, is is inflation that much of a concern when it's it's clearly you know over the hump and on its way down? Yes, because. Inflation is prices rising and it hits every Kiwi at the supermarket, uh, it hits rents, uh, it's hitting people wherever they go. And let's remember, New Zealand targets an inflation rate of less than 3%. It's been almost two years now since we've had uh, inflation at that level. So having it at these high rates is having big impacts on the economy. And of course, with high inflation, comes its nasty brother, and that is high interest rates. And I see in these figures a likelihood that the Reserve Bank will continue to hike interest rates, which is going to spell pain for mortgage holders and those with debt across the economy. So you say that um, National have got a plan, uh, which would uh, mean there would be lower inflation. What, what's in the plan? Well, there's five parts to the plan. And before I outline those to you, I just want to be clear that we think a number of the steps should have been taken some time ago. And we lament the lost opportunity that has been Labor not seeing that inflation was coming to get it uh, and not taking these steps earlier. Fundamentally, we need to strengthen some drivers in the economy rather than just applying Band-Aids. Our five steps. One, return the Reserve Bank to an orthodox single focus mandate on price stability. Grant Robertson watered that mandate down. We don't think that makes sense. Second, stop adding new taxes, new costs, new regulations to businesses that end up being passed on to consumers. And examples of that are the new housing taxes, the proposed jobs tax, uh, the tsunami of regulation that has hit the farming sector. Third, Remove bottlenecks that are stopping productive growth in the economy. Key example of that is the worker shortages. You know, it's hard for anyone to have travelled around this summer and not seen a shop or a restaurant that's advertising for workers or saying it's having to reduce its hours because it doesn't have workers. So get those immigration settings working better and take more concerted efforts to move people from welfare into work. Fourth, 
be conscious that disciplined government spending is essential because any fiscal stimulus at the moment is adding heat to the fire. So more than ever, the government should be dumping pet political projects that cost big money, like the TVNZ-RNZ merger, like hiring chiefs of new consultants, and really focusing on driving money to the front line. Finally, uh, we think that there's something obscene about having New Zealanders having less and less money in their pocket because of inflation, and yet as a country, we're paying more than ever. We've put forward a plan to adjust personal income tax rates so that people get to keep more of what they earn and a better place uh, to meet these higher prices. So just guess, let's go through those um, five uh, points in your plan. Um, refocusing the Reserve Bank on price stability. Wouldn't that mean that the Reserve Bank had to be even more aggressive to get inflation down to its a new single target and therefore that mortgage rates would be higher? Well, the Reserve Bank having a focus on inflation was the way it operated for almost 30 years. So that is the orthodox position. Uh, and I'd note that this is actually the first time in many, many years that inflation has got this high. So we know that in the past, having that singular focus has worked. Uh, and we're not convinced that the current experiment is the right one. We do think uh, policies to drive employment and keep people in work are very important, but we think they are the responsibility of government ministers, not of the Reserve Bank. You mentioned addressing workforce shortages, uh, which um, uh, could be uh, involving potentially significantly more uh, migrant workers coming in. Um, isn't there a risk with lots more migrant workers that you increase demand for things like housing, increased demand for other goods and services when you've got population growth? Couldn't that add to the inflation pressures? What we're seeing right now is that our ability to uh, build roads, to get school upgrades done, to develop houses, uh, to provide productive growth in the farming sector, all of those things are being held back because there aren't the workers to do them. The Productivity Commission has done some in-depth work on this and they've found that actually where we do have good skilled immigration meeting those shortages, it can drive up productivity and with that comes higher wage rates. So of course you have to be careful in this area, of course you have to get the balance right. But there is widespread evidence that this government has been far too slow to move on immigration settings and is choking our economy as a result. You mentioned that um, the government should spend less on its pet projects. But we look at things like the things you've specified, like the TVNZ, RNZ merger, uh, spending on consultants. You know, we're talking just tens of millions of dollars when you've got an economy um, that has, you know, many hundreds of billions of dollars worth of spending every year. I, I, what, what significant spending cuts would National make to actually pull back on those inflationary pressures? Because those small projects, they're, they're not enough to really move the dial on inflation. My grandmother had a saying, which was, watch the cents and the dollars will look after themselves. And I think that lesson does apply to this government. 
when you're loose across the board and you say, oh, it's only 10 million here, it's only 20 million there, it's only 100 million there, it does add up. And that is what we have seen over the past five years is fiscal looseness. And I think not enough focus on driving delivery from the dollars that are there. And, you know, the case in point uh, is the $1.8 billion that was invested into mental health. I think a lot of people welcomed that announcement. And yet we have not seen an increase in specialist mental health services as a result. So much of that money seems to have been lost in process and bureaucracy. So Nationals focuses on how do we deliver better results for the investment that we are doing across the board so that those rates of increase can be kept under control. We do also think that there has been an outside outsized focus on building up the uh, public servants providing advice in the back room uh, and we think that more of those dollars need to go to the front line. And when you come to projects like Three Waters, like the TVNZ RNZ merger, like the big subsidies going into the likes of Fonterra to meet its climate change obligations, all of those are things that we think should not be justified at a time when inflation's running hot and New Zealanders are paying sky high prices. You mentioned the uh, cost of living payments um, last year. Uh, does that mean that a national government wouldn't have done those cost of living payments? Wouldn't that have meant that consumers had even less cash to, to respond uh, to the uh, higher price? Well, we were very clear that we thought New Zealanders needed income relief last year and that the best way to deliver that would have been tax reductions, letting New Zealanders keep more of the money they earned. We warned that the cost of living programme would have administrative issues, that it's short-term band-aid nature would be a problem. And all of that's proved to be the case. You know, that payment went to many people overseas who didn't deserve it. Uh, there were people here in New Zealand who got it, uh, who were in high-income households. Uh, we don't think that it made sense. And for everyone who did get it, well, they're now existing in a world with very high inflation and no assistance. Whereas tax reduction, national proposed, would have been permanent and ongoing. Just on that point of uh, tax reduction, isn't uh, a tax cut actually an inflationary thing to do? Uh, with a lot more cash in, in hand, people are going to go out there and spend and push up prices. Uh, that would be fiscal loosening, which uh, would inflationary, surely. Well, National continues to believe that tax reduction would be affordable if the government was being disciplined about its own spending. And yes, we do need to make sure that we get those settings right so that we're not borrowing excessively and fueling the inflation fire. But the case for tax reduction in New Zealand is very strong. Inflation has meant that the government is collecting millions upon millions more in tax, even while New Zealanders are doing it tough and ever. And for us, it's a matter of principle which is that we think uh, you can only measure the strength of the economy by how New Zealanders are doing in their own households. And right now, many New Zealanders are going underwater, and I think a lot more will be going underwater later this year when interest rates go up. We think tax reduction is fair in those circumstances. Um, the government has said it wants to um, help those who are being hurt the most by higher inflation. Um, 
the uh, threshold changes that you proposed last year would actually mean that most of the dollar benefits from uh, tax reductions would actually go to those people on middle to upper incomes. And they're the ones who are least affected by inflation, even higher mortgage rates, because only a third of households have a mortgage and uh, more than half of them are ahead on their mortgage repayment. And uh, most of those people on middle to high incomes have actually been increasing their savings in term deposit accounts. So I wonder whether the tax cuts National are proposing are actually going to go to those who are being hurt most by inflation. Well, let's be clear that the first thing a government needs to do uh, for those on lower incomes who are being hit hard by inflation in terms of their unavoidable costs, their groceries, their rent, actually the government needs to stop inflation. And that's why National's plan isn't just tax reduction. It's also saying, okay, government, be careful. Don't be adding more taxes to landlords because that's being passed on to lower income tenants and that's a real problem. Don't be adding so many costs to farmers and other businesses that people end up paying more at the supermarket. The second thing is that our tax plan is about letting people keep more of their own earnings. For someone on the average wage, it would be worth around $800 a year. But critically, it would also mean that a superannuitant uh, would end up with more in the hand because their super payments are pegged to after-tax wages. Uh, and, and finally, the thing that I would say about a, a tax reduction plan uh, is that it's firmly about our principle of saying this is not the time to be asking more from New Zealanders. And I'd note that in contrast, Labor, you know, first it proposed the KiwiSaver tax, and it still has in the works a proposed jobs tax to fund an income insurance scheme, which would cost your average wage earner around $800 a year. So this is a philosophical point of difference between the parties, and we stand by our approach as being one that will ensure New Zealanders of all incomes and works of life, walks of life will benefit. Just finally and, and briefly, would the national government run a tighter fiscal policy than a Labour one? Well, I've uh, committed that we will set out our fiscal plan and our intentions for the next three years ahead of the budget. We will do so reacting to the latest forecasts, updates, the global economic context. What I think is important and what I actually think New Zealanders think import is important is where the government is making investments, that it make investments in ways that are getting results and that are strengthening the fundamentals of our economy and at the ability of our country to adapt and be resilient into the future. So I do think there's a case for significant infrastructure investment. I do think there is a case for continuing to increase funding to health and education services that are fundamental to New Zealand's livelihoods. I think we can do that while still being disciplined about government spending and driving better results uh, for the dollars that are already there. Nicola Willis, the National Party's finance spokesperson, Thank you very much. Thank you, Bernard.